0: Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. We are live at the ENB Granite Studios out of the Centene Community Ice Center. The Blues back in action tonight against Buffalo. Pre-game coverage with Alex coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll have puck, puck drop for you You're right here on your home for the Blues 101 ESPN at Seven And right now we're going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to have a conversation about the Blues with NHL Network's Dave Reed. You can watch him on NHL Network on NHL Tonight throughout the regular season, including tonight at 5 o'clock. Dave, we appreciate the time as always. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, guys. How about you today?
0: Uh, doing very well. Let's start out with just kind of your overall thoughts on where the Blues stand right now. 30, 14, and 6 this season. Uh, they've certainly had some... Uh, Ups and downs when it comes to their goaltending. But overall, I think everybody here in St. Louis is pretty happy with where they stand. What's been your overall assessment of this Blues team this part, to this part in the season?
1: Uh, they, they just cover all the bases when you're looking at what you need to do to be successful. And they can play any type of game you like. Uh, you know, Other than the little uh, glitch of goaltending with Jordan Bennington, um, which has been picked up tremendously by Huso, uh, it's still a very deep team. Uh, that will play, if they want to play a fast game, they can do that with the youth that they've got. They want to play a big physical game. They're happy to play that style. Uh, they can shut it down. They can open it up. And, and when, you're, you know, when you are you you know, go through an 82-game season, you're going to get a little bit of everything. And, and the more consistent you can be at playing that complete game, the better you're going to do. Plus, I think one thing that's really been a benefit to the Blues this year is, is their special teams. Um, I didn't check to see today's stats, but going into last night's game, uh, I think they were uh, I was third in PP and fifth in PK now. That may have changed after the Leafs. They were so close. But when, you are, you know, when you're battling for top five in both the penalty kill and the power play, that, that gives you an opportunity to really be successful in the National Hockey League. Very few teams can say that. And the Blues have been excellent in both categories.
2: Dave when you look at the teams right now at this point of the season and when you say you know who are the who are the favorites to win a Stanley Cup everyone goes to Colorado they go to Florida they go to Tampa they even throw in Carolina's name and their Calgary for the way that they've been playing do you feel like the Blues are on the same level as those teams and if not what do you feel like they're missing
1: I think it's a team game they are Um, the sexiness of the other teams the Colorados with the flash that they've got and and tampa bay winning back-to-back cups and even pittsburgh who struggled yesterday against the devils are have really played well and uh... with malkin and crosby in and florida the the up-and-comers type of thing with the uh, huberdo uh... leading the league in scoring And th- there's just sexy topics there the blues won the stanley cup without being sexy they put their you know the craig Bruby hard helmets on and just went about their business and played their game and and won a cup and and so when you're in the media and it's a long season, you're looking for the, the flash. Wow, look at this, look at that. And, you know, the, the Blues don't jump out at you. Uh, even Minnesota with Kapril Kaprizov, the Rookie of the Year, it's like, oh, it is, you know, what, what, a, what, a, what a flash and dash player. There's the sex appeal about all that. And St. Louis doesn't have that. And I think for a reason they don't have that. They, they're not a one-man show. They're not a team that says, hey, we're going to rely on one guy. Uh, they rely on a, on a team effort. Uh, start to finish, and so it's easy to get caught up. And trust me, I'm I'm in. <laughs> I do it regularly. You get caught up with some great fancy, flashy plays that are all over the highlights, and then um, you start focusing on that. But the Blues to know what it takes to win a Stanley Cup, the Abs don't. They haven't done it. Tampa Bay knows what it, what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. Florida doesn't. So when you you know even Minnesota, they don't know what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. They haven't done it. So when you get into the playoffs, that's a huge advantage. And you can't underestimate the experience of winning a cup. And it's not as though this team won it 10, 15 years ago. They won it a few years back. The the majority of the guys are still like, hey, we want to do this again. And that that goes a long way. So there's no way you can uh, uh, underscore that element to this team. And they still play that that playoff-type hockey on a regular basis. And that's a good thing. It can be a little draining and a little overly physical in an 82-game season, but um, I think the guys are quite up for it after the last two seasons have been broken down through the pandemic.
2: I was going to follow up with that, Dave, because you've been around rosters that have won the Stanley Cup. You've seen what the difference is of being around those guys compared to teams that are inexperienced in there. What is the the most popping element in, in that scenario of why it's an advantage for St. Louis?
1: They're not going to panic if they're up or down in a game, and uh, especially once you playoff time, uh, even the regular season. Uh, it's full of ups. You know, They always say the mountains and the valleys, don't get too high, don't get too low. And it's so true because the more even keel you can be, and it's like, hey, you know what, today was a good game, bad game. You lose in Montreal, you give up a goal 10 seconds to go, you lose in overtime. Yeah, you're disappointed, but you're more pissed off than you are uh, upset at the way you played you know and you're mad at yourself for the mistakes you made to give up those points you're not like oh my gosh i can't believe you know or oh this is terrible it's not terrible it's it, it happens and you hit the playoffs you have to forget it the game's over uh, you take the good take the bad make a few corrections and move on and and when you when you've won you're like wow this is uh, you know what uh, we can't dwell on on the mistakes and, and keep worrying about them because there's there's going to be another opportunity to correct it or make the same mistake and you don't want to make that same mistake and you prepare to be better and that's what having the players have won and, and being there done that there's no panic button to push even if you're even if you're down a couple in a game seven of a series and you're going in the third period you're down to it's like hey guys remember when hey guys we got this you know we takes takes one goal to get us back in this thing and that's huge when you hit the playoffs because um, you know, momentum can work against you as well as it can work for you, and that's where you're, you know I always say until you beat the Stanley Cup champs, they're still the favorite team. So for me, Tampa Bay is still the team to beat in the National Hockey League because you come to a Game 7, they're going to be like, seriously? Yeah, we were here the last two years, we've done this. And their attitude and their, their demeanor is, and their lack of panic, for a better word, uh, a lot of times, gets you gets you through and allows you to succeed and win games.
0: Two-time Stanley Cup champion, former NHL forward, and now NHL network analyst Dave Reed is joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, Dave, as you could probably imagine, there's been a lot of discussion here in St. Louis about what the trade deadline is going to hold for the St. Louis Blues. And most of that conversation has been centered around the defensemen that could become available. Guys like Giordano, Sherratt, Justin Bronze, Dano Charo. We've talked about them ad nauseum here in St. Louis are there any guys or any types of players that you think makes the most sense for this Blues team as we approach the deadline?
1: Well, you can never have enough defensemen in my mind, and any of those players you mentioned, other than maybe Sedenochara, who, who I think, um, it, it, you know, the foot speed I think would catch up with him uh, in a in a long series. Uh, I don't know if um, you know. I, I think a guy like even Ben Chirac. I mean, if Jeff Petrie's out there, Giordano, you know, these guys are are solid competitors, especially Sherratt and Petrie were in the Stanley Cup final last year, and Giordano's had plenty of playoff experience. So someone in that that category, a veteran player who is going to seamlessly slide into the team and understand where the role is on the team, uh, you can never have enough players like that. Depth on defense, you guys saw it when you won the Cup. uh, You're going through eight defensemen, if not nine. And if that ninth defenseman can be a fourth defenseman on any other team in the league, then you've got great depth. So, and Doug Armstrong knows that. We're in Dallas together. You know, we had Doug Lidster who hardly played in the playoffs, and Doug Lidster could have easily played on any team in the National Hockey League on their back end. And uh, he was, you know, in that 7-8-9 category, and he was probably our seventh defenseman in the whole playoffs. So that's extremely important. Um, you've got great goaltending. You know, so with Bennington I'm sure he'll come around, but you've got Ville huso who's, who's, who's playing outstanding. So that's not a question mark. You know, that's not a concern. And you can also, I don't think you can ever have enough second or third-line depth players uh, to contribute someone who's who's had experience and maybe won. I mean, a guy like Phil Kessel always comes to mind if you pop him into a lineup. that I, I think that would be a perfect fit on a number of teams and a player like him coming into St. Louis to say, hey, yeah, another chance of winning. Uh, absolutely, he'd be... Um, you know, I think that type of player would be a great fit as well.
2: Dave, going back to the defenseman side of things, because a lot of people talk about Nico Mikula and Colton Pareko, and I think the national side for a trade, people want to see an upgrade with Colton Pareko. Uh, I don't know how much you've watched of Nico Mikla this season, but from a from a player's side and a coach's side, when you're going through this stretch of the season and headed into the playoffs, with a young player like that, how much leniency can you have with a team that you feel like you can contend with if you have still a green player that's growing?
1: Yeah, I I I've put it this way: when I watch the St. Louis Blues, I don't notice them in a good way or a bad way, you know. I, and if you notice them in a bad way, it's a bad thing. A lot of times, it's like best thing to do is just go through a game and not be noticed, unless you're a goal scorer, which is a problem. But um, <laughs> it, it it that can be a bit of a an issue as you move through the playoffs, and the nerves can start to kick in. And in Colorado, we had a young defenseman, uh, Martin Skuula, who played on our on our our. Our third pairing he was a fifth six was usually teamed up with either uh, john clam or greg devries in that category he was a young guy he was more of an offensive player but he was big and skated extremely well and and had some good insulation with guys ahead of him and if you can put players in situations where they're going to succeed and then you know what if, if you feel in a game and this is where coaching comes up huge and since craig bruby has won the cup he and he's coached uh, many years and played a lot, he understands that, you know what, maybe, maybe this isn't the situation to put him in. Maybe it's late in the game and the defense is on face-off. Maybe it's not the situation to put him in. You know, maybe neutral zone or an offensive might be a better situation for this young guy. And if you've got the depth in defense and you had, like, let's say, um, I just saw a name, like a Giordano. He, he seems to be a, a player everybody likes to talk about. It's better to have that veteran guy you can slide in. But not you don't need to do it all the time. And, and pairs and defense pairings and players are very comfortable with, with moving in and out in today's game. So, it in that situation, uh, you know, I I'm more leaning leaning toward having veteran players as you move deep in the playoffs. But uh, I mean, Sergey Zubov was fantastic. And not that I'm going to compare uh, Mikola to a Sergei Zubov style play, but but Sergei Zubov was great with the Rangers in his rookie. Year. He was a fantastic young player and played in all situations so there are there are the exceptions that um, you know guys do step up and play extremely well, so um you know I, I I understand what everybody's talking about, but I don't think there's a panic button to be hit. I mean if you've got veteran that you can make the switch as playoffs are going or when necessary, I think that's more important.
0: We're talking to Dave Reed for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You can check him out on NHL Network on NHL Tonight throughout the regular season, including tonight at 5 o'clock. Dave, the final question that I've got for you. Jordan Kyrou's gone through a little bit of a dry spell since his fantastic All-Star game, winning the fastest skater competition and then having a really good showing in the game itself. Uh, He had a turnover that was an issue for him late against Philly. That's kind of been a consistent issue for him since the All-Star game. And then he only had one shift in the final 12 minutes of the game against Philly. Philadelphia over this stretch, one goal, two assists. When you've got a young guy like Kairou and all of us love the talent, he's an unbelievable player. And God, did he get off to an outstanding start this season! How do you get over a stretch like this? What What are the keys to a young player getting out of a slump?
1: I, th- I think listening to your coaches and learning and watching the video and, and understanding uh, what you need to do to be successful and and executing what that needs to be uh, now. I'm sure Craig Berube gives him plenty of leash to to kind of hang himself, so to speak, because uh, you don't put a player on a bench for making one mistake. So the more it happens, that's where the player's got to understand, look at the mirror and say, okay, I can't do this. You know, I need to be better. I need to improve my game as we move along through my career. And you need to do that on a daily basis. And the best players are the, the guys who are on the ice first and last and are doing the little things. And, you know, if I, remember, I always say I played with Joe Sackick when I finished my career in Colorado. And if Joe wasn't scoring, even if he was scoring, he was always working on a shot. And he probably still has one of the best shots in the world. And he's been out of the game 10 years. But at that time, he scored 50 uh, that year. I believe he won the Hart Trophy when he won the Cup that year. Phenomenal player. But he was, he was always working on the little things to his game that he felt he needed to improve on. And that's something that Jordan Cairo uh, needs to continue to work on. And continue to look at tape and to continue to have the understanding of where you know where he wants to see himself and where his level needs to be. Because you don't get it by just you know having a good stretch and being a good player. If you want to be a great player, you've got to do those things. And it's it's sometimes it's tough to tell yourself that in a long season and you're a young guy and you've got you know there's always distractions going on. And sometimes it's tough to to really get that focus. But once you get that focus uh, and and you start you know you're on the ice and the game slows a little bit, and you realize okay no drop pass, no turnovers, not trying to stick candle, do the right thing, you know, move it forward and make a simple play, then all of a sudden your game goes to another level. And I think he's still in the learning process of that, obviously, he is otherwise he wouldn't have found himself on the bench in the game in Philadelphia. But it takes time. And, and even some of the best players will, will make mistakes, um, but they only usually make it once every 10 games, not, uh, not once every two games.
0: He's Dave Reed. Check him out on NHL Network where you can watch him on NHL tonight. You'll see him on NHL tonight coming up at 5 o'clock. Dave, we always appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for joining us today, and hopefully we'll talk with you again soon as the Blues continue this playoff push.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, Enjoy the games.